Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFL playoffs are set. Welcome to this week's episode of Stack in the Box. Once again, myself and Sterling Holmes. I originally planned on having a big celebration at the start of the show for the Falcons winning the NFC South. That obviously did not happen. It wasn't even close. Uh, I don't know why I got my hopes up, but here we are. The playoffs are set. The Falcons are not in it. Sterling, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm golden. Um, I feel bad for you, for the Falcons, but also mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm enthused because they canned Arthur Smith. Yes. Um, at least you have something to look forward to. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting offseason at the very least, but uh, I'm still kind of sour about how the season ended. Um, but yeah, on today's show, obviously biggest winners and losers from this past week. We're going to do a quick recap uh, of the season, give our overall general thoughts of the year. Uh, and then uh, we're going to spend the majority of the show talking about uh, the wild card round because it's uh, going to be a fun weekend. We're about to say something there, Sterling. Yeah, I, I'm just looking on this little notepad I, I took from the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. It says Falcons to win a playoff game. And we bet dinner on it. I just I just wanted to make sure that this was correct. This this bets right here, this bets page. Um, Huh. Yeah, well, yeah, it was correct. Uh, I owe you a lot, Sterling. I still owe you for getting... I, I, I think I need to not do the show next year because I, I just every bet that I've made on the show, I've lost. I've lost the Survivor Pool with you. Um, I've lost my bet on the Falcons. Are there any other bets on there that might be going my way, Sterling? You've been, uh, you've been taking notes of them. None with you. I went 5-0, and though. I, I, it was a clean sweep of season-long bets this year for me, so I feel pretty good there. That's curious how the, all the ones that you've written down are, are winners. That, that, I wrote them all down. I, I'm an honest man, Ian. Huh. I'm an honest man. So, yeah, I owe you a steak dinner. Um, I actually thought... If the Falcons won the NFC South, I mean, the Buccaneers are in a pretty good spot to beat the Eagles. So, like, there was a moment there. I was like, oh, we host the Eagles. Who knows? Anything could happen. But, um, of course, it didn't happen. Uh, before we get in the show, though, uh, football fans, DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of the pro- postseason. You can place a $5 bet on anything to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. That's right. So if you tail one of my crappy picks and it loses, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the bonus bets anyways. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with the code STB. Using our code STB, that stands for Stack in the Box, not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code STB to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. DraftKings, $200 bonus bets, code STB. Nails. All right, let's get into the show here, Sterling. Uh, we'll talk about my Falcons a little bit more here because uh, we're going to talk about biggest winners and losers from Week 18. And since uh, the Falcons were kind of the discussion, I'm going to start. My biggest loser of the week is Arthur Smith, who has already been fired. <laughs> there, it was, what do they call it, Black Monday? Um, the moment, it was 12.01 a.m. Eastern, and the report came out Arthur Smith was fired. They didn't even wait till like the morning the next day or midday. It was the minute it turned to Monday, literally 12.01 one minute past midnight, they fired Arthur Smith. 
and yes, Sterling, uh, it is kind of now, it does kind of set up for an exciting offseason as a Falcons fan because at the very least, it is one thing to be a bad team and you're like, oh, the same coach, same player is going to return next year. But it is kind of exciting the one time you have a bad team and you know you're going to not only get a new head coach, but I'm going to get a new quarterback as well. We have the number eight overall pick uh, in the draft this year. So, you know, one of the top guys might fall to us. We might trade up. We're in a position to trade up. We're going to get a new head coach. Now, who knows who the new quarterback, new head coach is going to be. It could go bad for us as well. Yeah. Um, but at the very least, it's going to be, we're going to have a, a new, you know, vibe to the Falcons heading into next year, which is kind of exciting. And I can't wait for them to also get Jonu Smith involved more than Kyle oh. Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson. Yeah, who would have thought that that would get you canned? Now, I, I said I wouldn't have a huge issue with Arthur Smith coming back one more year. When you don't have a quarterback, it's really tough to win in the NFL. The defense did a nice job. They do have some pieces, and I wondered if the continuity might outweigh the struggles offensively at times. But obviously, when you have three guys who are playmakers and you struggle to get them the ball, no matter if you have a quarterback or not, that's not going to look good. You're in the worst division in football and you can't find a way to win it. Um, Yeah, I understand where the Falcons are coming from. I just didn't have a big issue either way. But but I... Sorry, go ahead. Finish no, but 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 yeah, I'm with you. And, and they're probably going to draft a quarterback. I wonder if Michael Penix Jr. I mean, his showing in the uh, national championship game was not great. But again, hopefully that's the outlier. I mean, he looked bad. He looked under duress. He looked yeah. atrocious. I know he might be injured, but he was bailing out of every single throw. Luckily, the Falcons do have at least a defensive or a, a decent offensive line. You know, you yeah. always talk about Chris Lindstrom. He is outstanding as a guard. Um, but that's a that's a name that might get targeted and thrown around at that number eight spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, to your point about Arthur Smith, I actually don't think it was the record that got him fired. I think the Falcons, I think Arthur Blank was expecting the Falcons to be a borderline playoff team, and that's kind of what they were this season. Uh, but it was what led to the record. It was, you know, not getting Bijan Robinson the football, uh, thrown to John New Smith more than anyone else, um, and then losing team or games against very bad teams. Falcons actually had Two wins off the top of my head against playoff teams. They beat the Texans, which is wild to think about. They also beat the Packers, but then you lose to the Panthers. You know, one of the two losses or one of the two wins the Panthers had all season came against the Falcons. Uh, You lost to the Buccaneers, which is a pivotal game. You outplayed them all game and end up losing. You lost to the Commanders. You lost to the Titans. So some bad losses paired with, let's be honest, bad play calling. Uh, bad game plans, I think all of that. And then the final star, I actually think if they beat the Saints, even if they didn't make the playoffs, I think if they beat the Saints in Week 18, uh, he wouldn't have been fired. But not only did you lose, uh, you got blown out by your biggest rival. So with all of that in consideration, I think it's much more than just the record. Uh, Arthur Smith had to go. Yeah, absolutely hammered by the Saints. And I'll I'll give a very quick thought on this. Um, It's fine if you run the score up in the NFL. It's the NFL. Mm -hmm. This isn't peewee football. Mm-hmm. I do have an issue when it's victory formation and then you yeah. score a touchdown. That, that to me, I thought was a little bush. Like I understand where Jameis is coming from and they're, they're going against Dennis Allen, which uh, by the way, not a great look for Dennis Allen. Um, but, but I, I think once you get into victory formation, you're basically saying, Hey, this is over. We're done. You don't hurt us. We don't hurt right. you. And then you do that. That to me, I thought was a little soft. I actually thought it was against the rules to run a play out of that formation because at least, I mean, obviously NFL could be very different, but all the way up from when I played, you know, minor league football, all the way up to college football in Canada. When you say that you're taking a knee, you tell the ref and then they announce it. And then the defense is supposed to not do anything. And if the defense does something and like tries to like force a fumble or jump across the line of scrimmage, like that's like an unnecessary roughness penalty or something like that. So Mm. I thought maybe that rule just doesn't apply in the NFL, but yeah, if you're going to run a play, actually don't hate it especially it's a divisional rival, even though, you know, my Falcons are on the wrong end of it, run a play, run the score up against your divisional rival. If we did it against the saints, I would have loved it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to complain about that, but doing it a victory formation, um, that's not right because yeah, the defense doesn't even try. Like at least yeah. if you're going to run up the score, give us a chance to stop you. The most Canadian thing ever. What are you talking about? I'm working to kneel and you don't, you don't get us. I don't, I don't know what voice that was. That was a horrible Canadian accent right there. That was, but it, that was bad. Sorry. I'm sorry about it. Sorry. Sorry about it. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, 
that's the most Canadian thing I've ever heard is, hey, we're going to kneel. You don't go get us. We won't get you. That is just, that is perfect. Uh, as everyone drinks milk out of a bag on the sidelines. Uh, yes. My biggest loser is the Jags. They are Fraud City. You were, I think, numero uno on the Fraud City list for the Jaguars. I think I was number two. I followed your lead on this one. Um, yeah, man, I'm not a Trevor Lawrence guy. I've said since, I don't know, yeah. or earlier on this season, I get he's injured. I understand that stuff. He's fine. Like, I'm not saying like you move on from Trevor Lawrence, but no. but I kept telling folks he's not in the Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, certainly not Mahomes category. You know, I I, I don't think he's as good as Jalen Hurts or, you know, he, he's in the, or Lamar Jackson. He, he's in that next tier down, maybe like if you're starting a team, he's probably in there with Kyler Murray. He's probably in there with um, Dak Prescott, obviously different ages. You know what I'm saying? But like as far as actual talent level. Um, you know, Dak, quite frankly, has outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I just always think Trevor Lawrence, because he was drafted 1-1 and had such a great high school and college career, everyone just thinks that automatically he's going to transfer over. He's been solid, but he's been solid. He's not been elite. And the folks that think he is, I think you're getting a, a, a nice rude awakening into what this Trevor Lawrence situation actually is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if I said it on this podcast uh, or, or my own, but Trevor Lawrence is an interesting situation because he's he's like a high floor, high ceiling guy where we've seen Trevor Lawrence play his A game and he does look like an elite quarterback when he does play his A game. And we never really see him have a terrible game either. Sure. So he has a high floor, high ceiling, but then the issue is he plays closer to his floor way more often than he plays closer to his ceiling. The, like 80% of his games, he plays... To his floor. Now his floor is still higher than most quarterbacks. Agreed. But to win in the NFL, you need your quarterback to be playing a lot closer to their ceiling than 20% of the games, which is what it looks like for Trevor Lawrence. So it's weird because, yeah, he's not a bad quarterback. He's probably even better than average. But yeah. you need, unless you're going to have, you know, number one defense in the NFL, which the Jaguars certainly don't, you need a guy uh, who's who can be the guy more often than not. And he has not shown that. So uh, they're obviously going to stick with him, but I think next year is kind of a, a do or die uh, season for Trevor Lawrence. I think if he has another average season, they might move on from him because, like I said, unless you have a number one defense, you can't win a Super Bowl with a guy like that. I think he's very Dak Prescott. I think he stays on a career trajectory like Dak as far as where you're, you're saying, yeah, you're not moving on because good luck finding someone better. Like right. it's going to be hard to find someone better. There's a reason why there's only, you know, a handful of quarterbacks you consider elite quarterbacks, right? Right. It's harder to find that guy. So you're stuck with them and you have to find ways to elevate him, which again, the Cowboys have done this year and maybe luck into having a, a down division, something that something that happens and you can uh, make a deep run in the playoffs because that's the way I think that the Jags with Trevor Lawrence are going to have to operate going forward. Yeah, he's certainly no Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> Big, biggest winner, who do you got? Uh, the Rams, because the Rams in week 18, um, had the perfect result possible. Uh, they arrested basically all their, you know, star players. They rest what, like six, seven, eight guys. Uh, the only star player that they did start was Puka Nakua. So he could get his rookie receiving record. He got that they pulled him, and then they still managed to win the game, uh, against the 49ers. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if they lost that game, they would have dropped down to the number seven seed. I think Packers would have been the sixth seed. So Th that I don't remember. I don't know off the top of my head that one. I believe that's true. I might be wrong, but I believe that is true. So the Rams are the biggest winner because 
it's rare for every single thing possible to be the best decision possible in week 18. I mean, we see, we saw some teams rest starters and lose uh, some teams like the lions. Well, specifically lines, not rest their starters and lose Sam Laporta. The Rams started the guy they needed to start. He stayed healthy, broke the record, rested all the other guys. They still won the game, still got the number six seed. Um, so Rams was, Rams the winner of my winner of the week. I think that's the perfect week 18 that you could hope for for a team in that situation. I got two. Packers, Texans. Right. Packers had to have it. They got it. You and I both said, and at least I thought you said, I know I said for sure. I like the Bears in that game. Yeah, I did too. Um, you know, Justin Fields had been playing good football. I thought he was playing for his tenure to continue in Chicago if he has a great game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Eberflus has a lot of question marks regarding him. I thought, all right, they're going to come out with a great game plan, and they're going to be they're going to play spoiler. Didn't happen. Jordan Love got it done. Uh, the Packers defense got it done. They were flying after Justin Fields, ton of pressure. Um, so I, I think the Packers, they, they have to be considered a big, a, big, a big winner to me. And then again, the Texans, man, I – on the road without Tank Dell, the offense has struggled a little bit with the loss of Tank Dell. You get Dalton Schultz back, but Nico Collins just just took over him and yeah. CJ Stroud on the same page. Um, they won, man. They got it done on the road against again. I don't think the Colts are a great team, but they're a decent team with a lot to play for, more experienced. Texans got it done. They're now the four seed, hosting a playoff game, man. You love to see it. Yeah, and what a time to be a Texans fan. Um, you got the head coach of the future. You got the quarterback of the future. Um, and now you're in the playoffs. And really everything from here on out in the playoffs this year is gravy for them. Because even if they lose to the Browns, great season and great future ahead of you. You'll be back in the playoffs plenty of times. Uh, and if you win, even better. So uh, there's no fan base I'm more jealous of right now than the Texans. Receivers of the future. Nico, Coll- Nico Collins. You have the defensive piece of the future, Will Anderson. Right. I was, I think, one of the few people that loved that trade, uh, that, that the trade up in the draft. I was one of the few people. I, I, I was, I had a chance to interview Will Anderson before for Stacking the Box, actually, which, again, if you subscribe to Stacking the Box, you probably saw the interview. It was cool. It was yep. a lot of fun. We'll have more coming your way. So subscribe to Stacking the Box. But Will Anderson, I just, when you talk with him, there's this aura about him. They're like, yes, he is a leader. He's a guy you build around. The talent, the production, and the the person, they all seem to mesh. And when you when you talk, you're like, you're drawn in. And so for me, I was like, that's a good move. I can see why he he you trade up for him and why the Texans um were enamored by him when they when they interviewed him. I I can just totally see it. So to me it made all a whole bunch of sense. Uh yeah, absolutely. Great time to be a Texans fan. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on here. Obviously, the top story uh, of the week is that the NFL playoffs are set. Uh, so a couple quick questions about that. Um, number one, I'm curious, Sterling, who you think is the best team in the NFL that did not make the playoffs this year? I don't really know if there is one. I mean, there has to be one, right? But I don't I don't know if there is like a, a team that I thought was deserving and then did not. Seahawks are the first team that comes to mind. Yep. Um, but it's not like this might be in that conversation. Yeah, but I don't, I don't. I don't think the Seahawks are a great team. I think Seahawks, Colts, Bengals—they're all kind of in the same boat, right? Yeah. You, you somewhat feel for Bengals fans because you get that close without your quarterback, and you're sitting here going, "Yeah, well, what if Joe Burrow stayed healthy?" Even though Jake Browning did not—I'm not saying Jake Browning's better than Joe Burrow, but right. but but this year Joe Burrow was injured. He was struggling. He probably should have rested longer than he did. Um, you just miss out with your backup quarterback. You have to feel like there is just a little bit of a what if, especially with a lot of contracts coming uh, up this upcoming offseason. You know, with T. Higgins, Jamar right. Chase wants to get paid. There's going to be a lot of question marks surrounding that. You've already had to blow up the defense to an extent with both of the safeties last year. A, a, a lot of question marks with the Bengals. So that, that might be the team that I think the best team that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm just not high on the Bengals because their defense was so bad this year. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow is there. They probably would have made the playoffs. But I'm going to throw a team out there um, that might be a little bit controversial because the big reason why they didn't make the playoffs was because they got so injured. But actually, if I were to say the best team that didn't make the playoffs, I'd say the Minnesota Vikings. Um, obviously, their injuries killed them. 
uh, Kirk Cousins, though. But, I mean, if that team, even when they were healthy at the start of the year, lost a couple of games, the Eagles one comes to mind off the top of my head. The Bucks in week one, they lost a couple of games that they deserve to win, but they kind of let slip through their fingers, and then they got hurt. Now, obviously, it's it's hard to make a case for an injured team, as uh, a team as injured as Minnesota, that they should have made the playoffs. But I'm going to bring up my favorite stat, Sterling, net yards per play. <laughs> the best team in net yards per play that didn't make the playoffs was the Minnesota Vikings. There you go. Also, you make fun of net yards per play. The top eight teams in net yards per play this season made the playoffs. Wow. Fact. Fact. Not fiction? Fact. Fact, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll throw at the Vikings out there. Um, I would have liked to see what they could have done if, if they stayed healthy. Uh, what about the worst team in the playoffs? I think there's one easy answer for this. I think there's two. Um, I think Bucks are the easy one. The NFC South. They're, they're not good. Um, I think the Steelers are the other answer. Steelers are probably 1A, 1B. Steelers defense has been great. Love Mike Tomlin. Um, I just do not trust Mason, Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, whoever you want to put a quarterback. They, they have no quarterback. Um, no one is scared of the Steelers. Every team wants to play the Steelers. And then I think the other case, which is uh, I'll throw to you, I think a team that's a pretty good record might be frauds. Not playing good football at the moment. The Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they got hammered by the Giants. Yeah, it's not good. They're injured. I mean, the Eagles, yeah, the Eagles aren't frauds anymore because now everyone knows they stink. So by definition, I think for you to be a fraud, most people have to think that you're a good team. So yeah, I'd throw the Eagles in there. Um, but I think the obvious one is the Steelers. I think the Steelers are the worst team in the playoffs. I think worse than the Buccaneers. Um, it's interesting. If you look up a few sites, have luck factors, like they they try to use a couple stats to bring up who's the most luckiest teams in the NFL. Um, and most rankings have the Steelers as the top team, if not number one, number two. Um, but that's been Mike Tomlin throughout his whole career. Uh, every season, the Steelers are lucky. So I don't know if it's luck or if it's great coaching or I don't know what it is, but uh, Steelers stink. Um, net yards per play, they're the worst team in net yards per play amongst all playoff teams. Uh, 26th in the NFL. Not good. So I, I think the obvious one is the Steelers, but there's an argument to be made for the Buccaneers. And then there's the Eagles, I think, are the worst of the, of the rest. But they were good enough in the first half of the season that, that I wouldn't. If you're talking about what team is playing the worst football right now, it's the Eagles for sure. Yeah. If you're going bottom three right now, I think those are the bottom three, which is wild to think because going into the season, I thought the Eagles were um, one of the few elite teams in football. Yeah. And I was the first one to call them out as frauds. Congratulations. People forget. People forget. Um, no, we, we don't forget because it's brought up every single week. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Fact. Uh, how many upsets do you think there are going to be in the wild card round? Now, I don't want you to name any teams because we're going to yeah. review uh, these games uh, game by game here in a little bit. But just throw me a number my direction. How many upsets do you think there will be in the wild card round? Yeah. Now, upsets. Now, we do need to clarify what an upset is. Because are we talking betting odds or are we talking about seeding? Because, for example, oh, good the Bucks question. are a four seed, but the Eagles are favored. I'm going by betting odds. Okay. Is that, a, is that fair or no? No, that is fair. I think the only one where the – no, the Texans as well. So the Texans and Bucks are the two higher seed teams that are underdogs. But, yeah, I think it's – if we're going by the pure definition of upset, then, yeah, we have to go by betting odds. Yes, so go yeah. betting odds. Um, so I'm picking for sure one, but I think at, at least two happen. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going with two that actually happen, although I don't know what that second one is going to be. I have a good feeling of what uh, the second one could be. Um, I think you can actually try and talk your way into three, but I think at that point you're trying to force it. So I'm, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say four. Wow. Yeah. Stones. I think there, I think there could be four upsets in the wild card round. No, 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 no not think. But you have to have some gumption about this. You you believe there'll be four upsets. There is one that I'm betting on to win outright. There is in Correct. terms of my the picks I'm making, there's one underdog I'm betting on to win outright. I am too. Um, but it, like if I was filling out a playoff bracket, I think there's four. I think I'd I, I would have four underdogs advancing. Wow. So We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later when we go game by game. Uh, Matthew asked, do you think Jason Kelsey regrets coming back this year? Um, if they lose in the playoffs, yes. 
Um, that team is imploding. All the tush pushes, all the all the uh, all the weight, all all, all the uh, physicality he's had to endure this season just for a, a first run exit if that happens. Uh, I would I would definitely say he would regret that one. Although he might look at the bank account and say, you know what, no, it's okay. Yeah, fair. But also, he now is the host of one of the co-hosts of the number one sports podcast in the world because the Swifties have gone to him and Travis's uh, podcast. I'm I am shocked the Swifties have not just saw saw you and me and said, "Hey, let's go to this one." That's that's a great. It's a great. It's a great point. I'm shocked as well. Uh, Super Bowl prediction: Who's going to beat who in the Super Bowl? Give me your Super Bowl matchup, and then who wins it? Okay, so I have two options in the AFC that I'm pretty confident about. Um, I was, I'm not saying that it can't be any other team, but right. but I, I, the two teams that I think are playing the best football right now are the Bills and the Ravens. Wow, the, the reason why, your Chiefs. Well, the reason why I think the Bills, I'm not saying the Chiefs can't make it, but uh, but again, right. I'm, I'm trying to be a little objective here. I think the Bills right now are are looking like a. Um, the Chiefs stole their Super Bowl last year, right? Mm. When I say stole, I mean you go into the year, everyone's picking the Bills, they're the right. favorites, and then what happens? Chiefs, Chiefs steal it. The Chiefs right. win that Super Bowl. Sure. Um, that was considered a retooling year for Kansas City last year. Now that's looking more like this year's a retooling year, but last year was supposed to be the retooling year. So in that instance, I, I consider the Chiefs stole that Super Bowl away from the Bills. They won one that potentially they were not supposed to win. Well, the Bills this year weren't picked that high. Like, I was still pretty high on the Bills, but then they started off slow. They were 6-6. Six and six. They didn't win the last five games of the season to go 11-6, and six, get the two seed. And there was a lot of tough games during that stretch. Yep. I mean, a lot of tough games. And they still had to go down Week 18 and beat Miami. Now, they knew at that point they were not out of the playoffs, but still a huge difference played on the road or home field advantage. Yep. The- Massive. They got it done. Josh Allen didn't play great, but that also almost gives me more confidence in the Bills because that was the best their defense has looked, even with all of the injuries. They're able to run the football very effectively. Leonard Fournette, while he is um, not the most explosive guy, there is a little something about playoff Lenny. He's very shrewd. He makes the catches. Um, They use him as a little tush-push Mastro back there. I'm I'm pretty impressed with what the Bills have done to this point. But again, the Ravens are the most complete team. I talked to Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA. I think he said that they were the top five all-time team, according to DVOA, because they've been so good at all phases. Um, So if I'm going right now, I'm going Ravens against the Niners because that's the only team I see in the the NFC that that really looks complete. But I would not be shocked at all if the Bills made it. Would not be shocked at all. Okay, so say say one prediction then. I'll, I'll who say, over who? I'll say Ravens over Niners. Yeah, I mean obviously that that is kind of the, the square pick to make, but I I think I do truly think the Ravens and the Niners are a step above the rest of the NFL. So in this season specifically, I if for anyone who says a Ravens Niners matchup in the Super Bowl, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trash that take. Um, I do think I, I have the Bills beating the Ravens in, in the AFC Championship. So I'm going to say Niners over Bills. Okay. But we'll see. Uh, in terms of my bets, uh, I have a lot invested in the Ravens. I'd be very happy if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. I did have place a bet on the Bills midseason when they were in a slump to win the Super Bowl. So I'd be happy with the Bills. And today, uh, I placed a little bet on a dark horse to win the Super Bowl. The LA Rams, 50 to 1. Hmm. Hated. Seven, seven and one in their last eight games. The only loss was to the Ravens in overtime since week 11, top five offensively, uh, about above average defensively. Um, obviously, they'd have to get through the 49ers. We'll probably play them in the second round if they uh, if they beat the Lions. But uh, 50 to one, I thought it was worth a little sprinkle. Yeah, um, not, not, not a bad sprinkle. Uh, my official pick is Niners over Bills. Um couple of quick secondary questions here. We can rapid fire through these because obviously we're going to go a little bit more in depth for each uh, playoff game here. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this season of the NFL? Do you think it was a good year of football? Yeah, I think it was great, man. I think the parody is what the NFL wants. Yeah. Uh, almost every team had something to root for at some point, uh, yeah. like, like deep into the season, whether you are, um, you know, even the Falcons, right? You had a chance to make the playoffs late into the season. Just these average teams, um, I, I think you even look at teams like the Arizona Cardinals. 
you, you kind of figured out, okay, we can build around Kyler Murray. Look how they, look at how this team looked pre Kyler and post Kyler. There's no one on that team. That mm. team is a, that team is devoid of talent outside of Kyler Murray. And look what happened. He came back and he 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 sparked a couple of big victories over decent teams. Um, so if you are a Arizona fan, I think you're excited. If you're a Chargers fan, I think you at least have some hope of okay, we're we're finally doing something here. We're done with Brandon Staley. We're going to try and focus on getting Justin Herbert a quarterback. We're going to have to retool the defense, retool the offense. Six guys are taking up $181 million in cap hit next year. Something's going to have to change. Um, You look around, and and outside of Carolina, who I think, again, Bryce Young, I'm not sold on, outside of Carolina, New England, um, almost every other team you can squint and find a way to say, all right, this season there's something we can look forward to going forward. Yeah, I would overall agree. Uh, I think the parity w- was huge for the NFL. Every single team also had like kind of a slump at some point in their season as well, outside of maybe the Ravens, but they kind of didn't play great football at the start of the season. Um, I think there is an argument to be made uh, that it wasn't as the games themselves weren't as exciting because of the way. Now, some people are saying it's a bad product, even I think what Tom Brady came out and said, it's just not as good football. I think it's, I mean, I'm, Tom, Bra- I'm, Tom Brady probably knows a little bit more than I do, but I think it's just more of uh, defense evolving to offense. There's a stretch of years there where it was just explosive plays down the field, all all game it seemed like. Um, defenses have now adjusted, which has caused offenses to adjust and play a more boring style of offense. More running the football. We saw kind of the run game come back a little bit this year. A lot more shorter passes um, instead of – certainly, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you can back it up with numbers, um, a lot fewer explosive plays in the NFL this season. And generally, most people think explosive plays is what's exciting when you're watching football. So from that aspect of it, I could see the argument that it wasn't as good of a football season. Um, But I think it made up for it in parity because I don't remember this many teams having a shot of the playoffs this late in the year uh, as what we saw this season. I mean, obviously the extra game, coupled with the extra playoff spots going to do it. But this is what they tried to do when they added these things. Right. And quite frankly, it worked. And you mentioned the running game. Look at Miami. I mean, that's exciting to me. The Dolphins, what they do in the running game is so enjoyable to watch. You know, I always laugh because I've talked to Emmett Smith a couple times about this. And what he said is starting to ring true. He goes, everyone hates the running backs right now. But watch the NFL. It's cyclical. It's past yeah. right now. Get ready. You, once they figure out the passing game defensively a little bit, which we're starting to see a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Running back might have a larger place in the NFL. So he goes, yeah. don't hate on the running back. Don't kick him to the curb. You might be trying to pick him back up in a little bit. And Absolutely. around, they might be doing that. Yeah, and we're starting to see that a little bit. Uh, where do you think Bill Belichick's coaching next year? Chargers. Oh, okay. Interesting. I have a different answer for the Chargers. Um I saw a report that he, it might be Atlanta, which I no, I don't want that. Um, I'm going to say commanders. I'm going to say commanders. I, I, uh, I did see a report, though, that he's in discussion to potentially stay with the Patriots, give up his uh, GM role and just stay on as a head coach. And who said that for like, I don't know, eight weeks? You? I've been talking about this for like three years. Yeah. For like three years, I've said Bill Belichick's an amazing head coach. Dude is a buns GM. Like right. he, he cannot identify talent. Like, sorry, he can't. Like, that's not what he's good at. He can right. defensively to an extent, right? He's very good at finding uh, defensive players, but offensively, that ain't his game. And I've said this for a few years now. Um, I do think that's that makes the most sense is let someone else take over as GM and let it didn't work with Bill O'Brien. Like guys get too big for the bridges. They want all the control and then they have too much on the plate and they're too proud to let it go. Yeah. Sometimes you got to let it go. Yeah. So that would be interesting if he does give up GM duties, but stays on as head coach. Uh, Jim Harbaugh won the national championship with Michigan last night. Uh, Does he come to the NFL? And if he does, where does he go? Yes, he does. And I think he go, well, it depends on the opportunity. I think he only goes if it's a good spot. You're not going to leave Michigan where you just won. You're getting paid a ton of money where you're the king and you're going to leave for, let's say, sorry, you're not going to Atlanta. No, you're not. That's going. To why, that's why that's he's my pick to go to the Chargers. 
I could see the it. Chargers is the most attractive head coaching job in the NFL right now. You already have an elite quarterback, or I guess some people might argue Justin Herbert is not an elite, but you have at the very least a good quarterback. Uh, you have the pieces there. You're in Los Angeles. Uh, I think that's where Harbaugh ends up is, is Los Angeles. The, the issue is the cap space, as I mentioned, 180 plus million tied up in six guys for yeah. next year. Next year. That's not like a, a drawn out. That's that's six guys next year cap it like. Right. Good. Good luck. Um, the thing with him, too, is he's shown the ability to turn around um, bad teams in the NFL, to mm-hmm. good teams. So expectations will be high, um, which fair or unfair, they're going to be there. I mean, with the with the Niners. Right. They won, what, three games the year before, and then he, before he gets there, and then he went 13, and they go to the NFC Championship game, I believe. Um, I mean, expectations will be high wherever he goes. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Does he want that much pressure? Because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, who was the most surprising team to you this season? Mm. Either good or bad. That's a really good question. Um, most surprising team to an extent, the chiefs offense, like I thought the mm-hmm. chiefs offense was going to be the exact same as last year. Um, I didn't think it was going to take this much of a step back. That was pretty surprising to me. Um, chargers were pretty surprising, but they also got injured a lot, but they went all in yet again. You know, I actually was laughing. I go, this is the first offseason I, I've remembered in a while where they weren't picked to win the AFC West. And I go, this actually might be their best chance. I was like, I was like, they don't have the expectations. They don't have the pressure. Um, they just completely folded. Texans, but I was pretty high on the Texans. I didn't, I didn't expect them to make right. the playoffs. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs, but I expected them to be around 500. So I, maybe, maybe them, I, I, I'd say them. And even the Colts to an extent, the Colts really surprised me as well. I think if you get Anthony Richardson back next year, Colts fans have to be absolutely ecstatic looking at the, uh, the rest of this team. Yeah. My pick was the Colts. So I actually, I, I wrote an article before the season started uh, my best futures bets for all 32 teams. So I, I, I wrote about a futures bet for every single team in the NFL. And the bet that I, I wrote about for the Colts uh, was for them to finish with the worst record in the NFL this year. Uh, at 15 to one. So uh, I thought they were going to have the worst record uh, in the league and they ended up being uh, a drop pass away from making the playoffs potentially. Obviously other things could happen in that game, but um, yeah, so I'm going to say the Colts because even, I mean, Anthony Richardson, I didn't think he was going to be good. He looked good when he did play. He went down, Gardner Minshew came in and then did enough to bring, bring them right to the brink of the playoffs. So most surprising team for me was the Colts. How bad do you feel for the guy that dropped the pass? I, I got to give him Terrible. so much credit for standing up there post game and just answering all those questions, putting it on his back, putting it on his shoulders, man. That was tick stones. Um, I got breaking news, Sterling. Give it to me. The Titans have fired Mike Vrabel. What? Yeah. I don't agree with that. Why? Mike Vrabel has done more with less. Him and Mike Tomlin. Uh, Mike Tomlin's yeah. success, obviously. But as far as like kind of same boat where you have, you always exceed expectations for what the talent on the team is. That team was atrocious. How the hell do you fire Mike Vrabel? He's getting picked up by a team. Commanders, line one. Atlanta line two and Chargers line three. Well, I mean, we did just fire the Titans old offensive coordinator. I don't know if we're going to go back now and get the Titans head coach, but I mean, I like Mike Rabel. So, so, so I'll go for it, but that, that would be kind of funny to like, we stole their offensive coordinator. That didn't work. And they're like, all right, maybe we'll steal their head coach and see if that'll work. So, um, but yeah, I love Mike Rabel. I think, I think that's a bad call. Um, That is shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Uh, one more question, then we'll move on to the wildcard games. Uh, is there a team that you predicted the most correctly this season? I think for you, uh, was the Texans. Because I, I think yeah. you were one of the people who were the highest on the Texans uh, from what I saw and heard. Yeah, Texans and Ravens. Um, I said when the Ravens were, what, 3-3? Three and three, or Whenever they started off and they didn't look great, I said they are a sleeping giant. Give them a couple of weeks. They are adjusting to Todd Munkin's offense and they will all of a sudden pop, and they popped, and yeah. uh, they never looked back. They never looked back. Um, yeah, Texans and Ravens, to me, I think, were the two that I feel like I really hit on this year. Ravens were one for me as well. Uh, the bet I wrote for them was for them to win the AFC North at plus 220, uh, and I said look for their defense to be one of the best defenses in the, in the NFL this season, and, and they certainly were. 
the other team, which uh, brings me great joy to say, uh, was the Patriots, uh, who were a complete dumpster fire this year. Uh, I took the under seven and a half wins for the Patriots. That hit by about four wins. Um, and I wrote in quote, I think the Patriots are going to be a dumpster fire this year, and it's going to be cathartic for us non-Patriots fans to watch. Um, not only is Mac Jones not the answer at quarterback, but I did say their defense is subpar, which is not super correct is their defense is still pretty good my point is i thought the patriots were going to stink I, I am on record saying that i thought bill belichick was going to be gone at the end of the season whether he resigns or gets fired that hasn't happened yet it looks like it will though uh i nailed the patriots and it was it was a glorious season as a patriots hater to watch uh question from kyler or more of a statement here he says rabel clearly going to the patriots what do you think of that what, what do you think of if again uh, the Patriots or Bill Belichick decide to mutually part ways. Does Vrabel seem like a fit down there? Is that too close to home? No, I, th- I think that I think I think Kyle's right. I think that makes too much sense. I, I can't think of why that wouldn't make sense. Obviously, a former Patriots player, he knows about the culture there. Um, he's a, most people think he's a top ten head coach. I would agree. Um, yeah, if they part with Bill Belichick, I think that probably makes the most sense for Rabel. Yeah. Unless, like, does he have ill like ill feelings towards the Patriots? I not that I know of. Makes I, sense to me. I uh, yeah, it's a good good call there, Kyle. Um again, I, I I still think New England would be in the best situation if they just strip Belichick of his GM duties. But yeah, I, I think Mike Vrabel, again, the Titans, I have zero idea what they're doing. Um if they actually canned him and it wasn't a leaving on Vrabel's part, I, I, I truthfully do not understand that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, the games this week, the wild card games. We're going to go through game by game, and then we will give it our best bets here at the end of the show like we uh, always do. Let's go chronological. Browns against Texans. Uh, this line is two and a half three some places in favor of the Browns at Houston over under 44. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah. I like the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the Texans. Um, I, I I was shown enough in that last game that the Texans offense is not going to crumble without tank Dell. That Nico Collins can step up and be a wide receiver one on that team. Um, As great as the Browns defense is, offensively, I still have a lot of questions. I know Joe Flacco is a fun story. He's played some good football, but we've kind of glossed over the interceptions. Yes, do, you remember, I agree. Do, you remember, do you remember Lynn Sanity in, in New York with the of Knicks? Course. So I, I don't want to sound like a hater, but during all of the great games he played, and don't get me wrong, they were great and they kept winning games. So you don't knock it. I always said, look at the turnovers. This is unsustainable. This cannot continue. He's putting up a lot of points. You see the assists, but everyone's glossing over all of these turnovers he's having. He's having triple doubles because he's having 10 turnovers in a game. Like you can't, you can't do that. It's not sustainable. And then what happened? The other shoe dropped. Right. And the same is going to happen with Joe Flacco. It looks great. Everyone's talking about the yards and the touchdowns. Everyone's glossing over the interceptions. Eventually that'll come home to roost. And I think it happens against the Texans. Yeah, eight interceptions and five starts. If you look at all quarterbacks who's played at least 200 snaps this season, Joe Flacco's 26, then EPA plus CPOE, which is completion percentage over expected. Great story. He's done enough to win games. He's thrown for a ton of yards, but there are some certainly some underlying numbers, including turnovers, um, which, yeah, I completely agree. I don't think it's sustainable through the playoffs. To me, the story of this game is how different the Browns have played on the road versus at home. I don't think there's another team in the NFL that has – a more significant difference between their road numbers and their home numbers. Their net yards per play drops from plus 1.1 at home down to minus 0.7 on the road. And it's because of their defense, their defense, elite historic defense at home. They give up just 3.7 yards per play at home. They give up 5.5 yards per play on the road this season. That's the 10th worst road mark amongst all teams. I don't know how they play this differently between on the road and at home, but they have been. Now, to be fair, they beat the Texans a few weeks ago in Houston. C.J. Stroud didn't play in that game, um, and that was more they won on their offense more than their defense. But uh, those road and uh, home splits, uh, big concern for me in the Browns in the playoffs. Even if they manage to win this game and they are favored, uh, they'll probably uh, have to go on the road again next week. Um, that's concerning. Yeah. 
so yeah, I like the Texans uh, in that one as well. Dolphins Chiefs, your Kansas City Chiefs. Um, looks like they probably, if they do win, they'll probably have to play. Is I don't have the Mahomes has not played in the road yet in his yeah, and they play in Buffalo if the Buffalo probably have to play in Buffalo uh, if they do win, barring a huge upset by the Steelers. Um, but this one's at home. Uh, weather is supposed to be snowy, windy, cold. Yeah, look out uh, my window right now, dude. It is. It's a snow day. You know, it is nuts outside, and we're supposed to get more, potentially two more days of snow, mm-hmm. including on Friday, I believe. Um, yeah, it, it, there's going to be frigid weather here in Kansas City. Um, yeah, so Dolphins obviously uh, not used to that weather, being from Miami. Uh, Chiefs, three, they opened up, I think, two and a half point favorites and went to three, went to three and a half, and I think... As of right now, I think they're up to four-point favorites. So uh, the Sharps seem to be hammering uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just checking to see if I can find the latest line for this game here. Yeah, up to a four-point favorite pretty much across the board. Um, How do you feel? You are the Chiefs guy. Give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I think the Sharps have it right. You know, I'm I'm pretty honest when it comes to talking with the Chiefs, right? Uh, I feel like I'm I'm pretty honest. I try and and set my fandom aside and talk from a – uh, position. I, come on, Ian. I do. Who? who no, I know. I know. I know. No, I'm no, smiling. No, I'm smiling because you're not going to like my take. I'm going to have in a moment. But please, sure, yours. I I think the Chiefs get it done. Um, I think they cover. Um, I, I I think that the Dolphins playing on the road is a massive deal. Now I understand Tua Tagovailoa played in a similar condition last year in the divisional playoff game. They put up 31 points against the Bills. They still lost. Um, I, I do think there is something to always playing in warm weather. Then all of a sudden you play in 78 degrees last week. Now you're playing a negative, what negative four degrees. Good luck. Um, the chiefs have found a way to pound the rock with Isaiah Pacheco in the offensive line. They're actually pretty solid in run blocking. Uh, ever since they switched to Wanya Morris, at left tackle PFF is lying to you. Um, I, I think that the Chiefs matchup at home in the cold behooves them. The one question I have, Devon Achan didn't play last time against the Chiefs. Devon Achan is averaging nearly eight yards a carry, 7.8 yards per carry. That's not that, We're not talking Pac-12 football right here. This is the NFL, and a dude's averaging 7.8 yards a carry. The Chiefs linebackers are going to have to be on their A game. But I'm not worried about Tyreek. He's been dropping the ball left and right. And the Chiefs locked him up because Legereus Sneed is that good. They'll lock him up again. I'm honestly only worried about Devon Achan in the run game. I ain't worried about Tua Tugavaloa. I'm worried about Devon. The Chiefs just focus on him. The Chiefs get it done. I think they get it done. Uh, just while you're talking, I had to do a little um, translation here because uh, you said minus four. I had to look up what that was in Celsius because I don't know Fahrenheit. Uh, and for any Canadians watching the show, that is minus 20 degrees. Um, even for me, even for me being a Canadian East Coast boy, that's those are frigid temp- temperatures. You're, you're lucky it's not Sunday. So Saturday is four degrees uh, before wind chill. This is all non-wind chill. This is just straight up. Right. Saturday is four degrees. Sunday's negative six. Monday's negative Chilly. 11. Monday's negative 11. And then Tuesday, negative 15. Why is it so cold? What's going our, on? Negative 15 baby. is 26. For Celsius, it's negative 26. We get the extremes here in Kansas City. We're built different. Oh, my God. We get, we, like- we get hundreds and we get negatives. We get it both, baby. Oh, my God. Um, I love the Dolphins in this game love the dolphins in this game just how you like the falcons to win a playoff game or yeah double or nothing on the steak dinner um <laughs> yeah I, you want double or do you want double no. or nothing no i don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> some people are calling the dolphins frauds because they didn't beat a lot of good teams this year i would fight against that um because the only good team I think they were blown out by was the Ravens. The other teams, they played pretty competitively. They lost by a touchdown to the Bills, lost by a touchdown to the Chiefs. Uh, and actually, in that game in Germany against the Chiefs earlier this year, they actually outgained them five yards per play to 4.8 yards per play. But the biggest difference, oh, huge difference. 
No, no, not a huge difference. Small difference, but it's not like it's not like some people are claiming the Dolphins stink because they've lost to these teams. But my point is that it's not like they're getting dominated by these teams. Sure. One play goes one way or the other, and then they end up losing. But the biggest reason why I like the Dolphins is one of the points you brought up relating to aging. But generally, uh, it's the run game because the weakness of the Chiefs' defense is their inability to stop the run. 24th in opponent yards per carry, 28th in opponent rush EPA, 17th in opponent rush success rate. In that loss to the Chiefs earlier this season in, in uh, January or uh, in Germany, um, they gained 5.6 yards per carry. They ran the ball very well against the Chiefs. Now, unfortunately for the Dolphins, they got down early, so they had to kind of get away from that. Uh, but they already ran the ball very well against the Chiefs, and that was without a chain uh, in the lineup. Now he's in the lineup. They can run the ball, and I think they can cover the spread. Now, I'm not bold enough to take the Dolphins to win outright, but we're talking about now a four-point spread. I unfortunately got it at three and a half. I wish I would have waited, um, but we're talking about more than a field goal worth of points in a snowy, frigid, cold game. I will absolutely take the points of the Dolphins. The one thing I will say, Mahomes has been pretty darn good in snow games. There's even that quote of him yelling on the sidelines, I can spin it in any weather or something. Some along those lines, I can, I can spin it in anything. And he has looked pretty darn good in the majority of snow games he has played in. Um, the Chiefs offense does does not, as bad as it's been, does not necessarily bother me. Again, the Tyreek Hill drops, and then you add in this cold. Um, I think that's an under-talked-about aspect of this game. Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill, I mean, you, you watched that last game against the Bills – um, two, three balls that you're used to seeing him come down with. Again, one of them was a really tough catch, but two were legit drops. I would be a little bit more, a little bit more concerned for a guy who I saw earlier already had nine drops on the season. I mean, a little boomer bust. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. That'll be an interesting one, though. I love a good snow game. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, is this? Is it supposed to snow on the weekend too, or is it just gonna be cold? Uh, it is supposed to snow. It's supposed to stop snowing today, and then snow back up. Um, looks like on Friday, so the day so before the game. Not day a snow before. game, just a cold game. Just yeah, but there's gonna be a yeah. Um, Steelers against Bills. Uh, Bills are the biggest favorite in the wild card round. 10 point favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think the Bills win and cover in this game. I think the Steelers are the worst team in the playoffs. And now to make matters worse, uh, since we've gone live, Sterling, Mike Tomlin officially announced that TJ Watt will not be playing in this game. Uh, I don't think there's a player in the NFL, a defensive player that has as big of an impact than TJ Watt. Uh, so with him being out, um, I just don't see how the Steelers can hang in this game. I could not agree more with everything you just said, so I'll say ditto, man. I mean, you that was perfect. Uh, yeah, I don't think we need to spend much time in that game. That's, yeah. I mean, a 10-point spread is a big spread. It reminds me, actually, of the Steelers. Uh, was it two years ago, 2021? They snuck into the playoffs with a 9-7-1 and record, went to the Chiefs, went to play that arrowhead, and I think it was the same spread. I think it was a 10-point spread, and they lost by 21 points. Yeah, it was. I did a live show that day. I was live streaming the game, and it was so boring because the Chiefs were just waxing them. Yeah. Not, not boring for me, but boring for everyone who was watching. So I did a beer counter. I was just chugging beers the whole time to see, shotgunning. It. It, it was a great time. Yeah, uh, that this game reminds me of that one. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to see a similar result. Matthew does bring up a good point uh, about the Dolphins, which I did uh, forget to mention here uh, earlier. But the Dolphins are their defense banged up bad. Yeah. Um, obviously, those injuries are already baked into the line. Um, you're not kind of, get, kind of getting one up on the sports books if we're talking about it from a betting angle, betting on the Chiefs because the Dolphins are injured. Um, but yes, it is worth noting their their defensive starters, their defense is banged up they, they just signed justin houston at outside linebacker which by the oh, way interesting they now have only three outside linebackers on the roster and they're yeah. all three former chiefs justin houston emmanuel agba and melvin ingram kind of interesting there interesting uh packers cowboys um cowboys seven and a half point favorites at home to the packers uh the second biggest favorite for wild card weekend um over under is the highest actually no it's not the second highest total uh of the weekend um 50 and a half any thoughts on this one uh i think the packers cover that hook of seven and a half i would yeah. take that i would take the packers with the points but i think the cowboys win this game um 
Dak Prescott's playing some really darn good football. Uh, the boomer bust nature of the Cowboys um, will be interesting because they're very aggressive and Jordan Love's very aggressive. It, it, you might see a pick six or you might see the Cowboys secondary getting absolutely burnt. Uh, this should be a very, very fun game to watch, but I would probably take the over in this one just based on the amount of um, aggressive plays that should be taking place. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm also on the over for this one. The Cowboys defense is very interesting. They're top five in EPA or opponent EPA, I should say, defensively, but 22nd in success rate. And it's because of that exact uh, reason, because on a play-to-play basis, they are actually aren't a great defense. But overall, they've made up for it with big plays, sacks, uh, turnovers, uh, defensive touchdowns they led the NFL in this season. Uh, EPA takes into consideration those big plays, success rate, not necessarily. So uh, the Cowboys, especially defensively, are boom or bust. I like the over because the Packers defense stinks, especially in the second half of the season, like a bottom five defense. And their offense uh, got hot. Uh, they actually finished the year fifth in the NFL in EPA per play. So uh, I think both teams, I think offenses are better than their defenses. I'll root for points. I'll take the over. I will also take the Cowboys scoring a defense touchdown. I like it. That's fine with me. Um, Rams versus Lions. Lions three and a half point home favorite. Sam Laporta obviously hurt. Highest total of the weekend. Fifty one and a half is a total for this game. Uh, I like the under. I like Ooh. the I like the Rams to cover and the Lions to win. Um, again, the hook that three and a half gives me a little cause to pause. I think losing Sam Laporta is pretty big. Amon Ross St. Brown is still unreal. Um, I know both teams are great offensively, while defenses have been a little bit um, of an issue, to, to put it mildly. But I wonder if we'll see a little bit more subdued, at least in the first half, especially trying to figure each other out. You know, maybe Dan Campbell runs the ball a lot with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Uh, maybe the Rams try and run the ball a lot with uh, Kyron Williams before the play action really starts to open up. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little lower scoring than a lot of people are expecting. Again, I'm not saying 17 to 14, but I think under 51 uh, to me makes the most sense. Uh, I mentioned earlier how there is one team that I'm betting on to win outright as an underdog. This is that game. I'm taking the Rams to win this game. Uh, just how lions would it be for them to finally host a playoff game for the first time since 1993 uh, and their old quarterback, Matt Stafford, uh, like an old ghost from your past coming to haunt you comes into Detroit and wins the game and breaks the hearts of lions fans everywhere. That just to me sounds so lions, but also that's, and that's not why I'm taking the Rams. Um, the Lions have the worst defense amongst all playoff teams and the majority of metrics you want to look at. Most importantly, their secondary is absolutely terrible, a bottom five secondary. They did get C.J. Gardner-Johnson back in the lineup last week. I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make. Um, this is a terrible stylistic matchup for the Lions. Um, their defense has the potential to get torched by Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Uh, and the Rams are the hottest team in the NFL right now. I think even hotter than the Bills. 7-1 and one to close the year. Um, since week 11, top five team offensively, top 15 team defensively. Um, so not only are they hot, they have a good stylistic matchup in this one. I think they beat the Lions outright. Yeah, this was the other game I was really looking forward to. Um, I have the Lions winning if I'm putting money on it, but I would take the Rams with the points. Um, but when I said two, this was the second game that I really feel has a good chance of going the Rams way. Yeah. Uh, Eagles versus Buccaneers. Uh, to me, the I don't really like this game on Monday night. It's the most irrelevant game of Wild Card Weekend. I wish this was like an afternoon game. Yeah. Uh, but this is what it is. Uh, Philadelphia is obviously a big market. Uh, Buccaneers, three-point underdogs at home, over under 44. It is statistically and talent-wise the worst team in the NFC in the Buccaneers, taking on an imploding team in the Eagles. Um, I don't know which way this is. Any result could happen in this game. I wouldn't be surprised. What's your take? Yeah, I have the Eagles covering this game. I think they they get back on track. I know there's a lot of mm. injuries, questions to A.J. Brown, to Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts did not fracture his finger from the latest reports, which is big. I actually had the same injury he did in high school, or at least mine was a little, little worse. Not trying to say, oh, I'm, I'm stronger. No, I'm so I'm so bleeping soft. Um, like it was miserable to wear. Uh, there was a doctor who posted something about what it was, and I had the same thing. You have to wear a brace, you can't move. It sucks. Well, he didn't fracture it. He didn't fracture it. I don't know about the uh, torn ligaments. I had, a, I had a fracture with a bone and a torn ligament, so that's why I had to wear that. But I couldn't imagine throwing a football, let alone doing anything. So good news there on the Jalen Hurts injury side. He's day to day. 
hoping to try and play. If he plays, I like the Eagles winning this game. I don't like the Buccaneers. I don't think they're very good. And I do think the talent level of the Eagles, the fact they have been there before, I think sometimes the playoff experience can be overrated. But again, same time, Nick Sirianni, to an extent, might be fighting for his job. And I do think the Eagles are just a much more talented team. They get it done. They cover against the Bucs. Uh, I'm going to take the over in this game as well. Um, I think the weak p- uh, part for both teams is their defenses, um, especially the Eagles secondary, which has been terrible, and the strength of the Buccaneers offense is being able to throw the ball. Obviously, talented receivers and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Uh, and I just still have some faith in the Eagles offense. They are still explosive. They have a ton of talent. Uh, and the Buccaneers defense is like average best. So um, I don't know what side to back, so I'm just going to root for points. Take the over. Relatively low total at 44. Love it. All right, we got a minute left, so let's go ahead and uh, rip through these picks. I will say congratulations to you, Sterling. Uh, not only did you win the bet uh, about the Falcons, not only did you win the Survivor, but you also, after I was hot to start the year with my picks on this show, I completely imploded in the second half of the season. I was the betting version of the Eagles when it came to the picks I was giving out on this show. I finished 20 and 25 for the uh, best bets portion of the show. 0-3 in week 18. Disgusting. You went 2-1 and in uh, week 18 to finish at exactly 525-25-1. So you beat me in this portion of the show as well. Uh, let's get our best bets for wildcard weekend spread total and an upset. What's your best spread pick? Uh, Eagles minus three at Bucks. Talked about it, so you need to dwell on it again. But I like the Eagles to cover. Or not to yeah, cover to, to uh, yeah, I guess cover the three yeah, points. To win and cover. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to dive into these picks since we already talked about each game. Uh, but I like Dolphins um, plus it was three and a half when I wrote these. It's a four. I'll stick with the three and a half. I'll take Dolphins with the points uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, favorite total bet, I will go the over between the Packers and Cowboys over 50 and a half. What about I you? Love that. I'm going same game. Bucks, Eagles under 44 and a half. I know you're not happy about that, but I am ripping the under. I do think the, uh, in the playoffs game, it slows down at times just a little bit. Doubling up on the Bucks and Eagles game and your favorite upset of the week. Uh, favorite upset of the week, Texans over the Browns. And I will go Rams over Lions. Obviously, that's the, as I said earlier, that's the one upset I'm actually betting on in terms of uh, the money line. So obviously, that's going to be my favorite upset pick, Rams over Lions. All right. Playoffs are when I get hot, Sterling. Watch out. Uh, what did I get for beating you in Survivor? I thought this was the week, pal. Are you pushing it back a week? Are you just... I need your address so I can send you uh, your prize. You haven't sent me your address. You yet. never texted me, dog. The ball's in your court. Give me, give me your address. I don't think I have your number. All right, we'll figure it out after the show. Ian Ian does not text me because he's like he does not he won't give he only gives me his office number. So that way I can't text him. Office number. <laughs> All right, I'll get you your number, text me your address and I'll 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 make sure you get that uh that prize before uh the playoffs are done here. Mm. Shame. All right, any final thoughts here? Go Chiefs, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish you I could thought, You thought that the big bad Chiefs that were going to miss the playoffs and the Falcons were going to make it. And... <sighs> no, I knew the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. I, I can't wait for the Chiefs to lose, though. Um, I know it's the end of the show. I don't, I don't need to go on another rant, but I'm starting to hate Chiefs fans. I know you do. You got the best quarterback in the NFL. You won two Super Bowls. You have one thing go wrong, and Chiefs fans all over the internet are just crying about it. Like, relax. Go wipe your tears with your two Vince Lombardi trophies. I've never seen a franchise that went from being such a bad franchise for so long to now being the best franchise, but still it's like, that's not good enough. One one penalty call goes against you. And you're like, eh, 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 eh. I'm sick. Grow up. 28-3. <laughs> of course. Classic. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you all so much for watching. Sign up for DraftKings using the code STB. Get $200 of bonus bets when you place your first $5 bet, win or lose. Subscribe to the channel, rate and review the podcast. Best of luck if you decide to bet on the action this week. Uh, and best of luck if your team is in the playoffs. Matthew says, get used to it, Ian. We're not going anywhere. I know. Unfortunately, I got to deal. Yeah, the Chiefs are the new Patriots. I had to deal with Tom Brady and the Patriots for 20 years, and I got to deal with the Patrick Holmes and the Chiefs for 20 years. Um, all right. Thank you all so much. Take care. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.